Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four from the Soren Pair. Hello. Hello. Why Not Together YouTube channel and podcast. We're, we're excited to do another episode. As, as you can see, we are in a new space. You're, you're going to go through. We've moved again. <laughs> every room in our house before we find the right exactly. spot. Good. Just was our guest room, and we decided to turn it into our recording space. So hopefully this works. Um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. And so hopefully the sound is better. You can see us better. I don't play with my toes the whole time. It'll all be good. <laughs> no, and of course, those that are listening are going, what? You'll have to go to the YouTube channel to see what we're talking about, obviously. But welcome. It's Easter Sunday. So happy Easter to those folks that celebrate it. And it's an interesting time of year. Um, I do want to also mention, uh, as far as a couple new platforms, our podcast is on. You know, last week, I think we told you Stitcher and Spotify. Well, iTunes da, 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 reviewed our podcast and judged it worthy. Yes. Judged it worthy. So um, we are on iTunes. And so we're slowly expanding that podcast. Again, that's the audio, voices only, uh, which is why we have the microphone. Um, but if you want to see us, obviously go to the YouTube channel, Soren Pear, or also go to our Facebook page, Soren Pear, as Sandy loves to post cute little funny things. I like to check in uh, multiple times a day. Right. So. And communicate with us either through the YouTube channel, Facebook page, or you can email us at SorenPear at gmail.com. So we're really, really excited. Um, to be, this is our fourth episode, yes. our fourth week. We're learning every week. We're getting a little better. But something exciting happened last week. Really exciting. What happened, Jim? <laughs> right on cue. We had our um, YouTube channel and podcast put out there on the uh, newspaper down in Pinal County. Um, it was, Thank you for that. Yes. That was awesome. Thank you. It was um, unexpected and wonderful. And um, I, I don't imagine there's a lot of brand new YouTubers that get that kind of publicity. So yeah. exciting, exciting, and we're grateful. And uh, if you want to check it out, we have a link on our Facebook page, um, or it's the, it's the Casa Grande Dispatch. Um, you can check out that article came last Tuesday, which I believe would be April 7th. Yes, so yes, you, it was. You could was see our, 7th. if you're only listening to us, you could see our faces. There's a couple pictures. Mm -hmm. I think. Yes. But our... Our, our, our cover page for podcasting is the shadows, the two shadows of us kissing, which you took nine years ago. Yeah, when we first started dating. Yeah. That was one of our first pictures. So. Yeah, so that, that has a lot of meaning for us. So, yeah. so hope you enjoy that. So that's really, really exciting. And um, catching up for the week, how are you feeling? Because I know last, if you remember last podcast, some of you remember Sandy got through it, but she was really, really struggling. So I'm doing good. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm doing really good. I feel like I've come out on the other side of it, um, unscathed. <laughs> so I, I'm feeling really good. I'm getting my energy back, and I hope all of you are feeling the same. I hope you're getting on the other side of this and that it's you're getting through it okay and that you're not feeling too stir-crazy by the quarantine. Um, this too shall pass. 
Yes, we, we hope that as things start to, that curve starts to flatten as they're talking about. Right. That, you know, we'll get to the other side of this whole thing. And um, I certainly, I think we all still need to be careful and do all the hygienic stuff. And, and I don't know how long this social slash physical distancing is going to last, but, you know, we need to ride that wave. And Well, it varies. It varies according to when you were exposed and how long you know how long you're in quarantine so it's kind of a scattered thing uh, right. for people so yeah for us i think we're coming to the end of it finally right so our official two-week quarantine has has just passed yes has just passed so yeah. we're quarantine free party at our house <laughs> <laughs> no no I'm six kidding. feet apart yeah that that wouldn't work too well <laughs> so um Aren't you going to ask me? How are you feeling, Jim? Oh, thank you. Tell. How are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm certainly glad you asked. Thank that's, you. that's so thoughtful of you. <laughs> no, I've, I've, I'm doing well. I, I felt pretty healthy most of the week. Um, and you and I are handling the teleworking from home pretty well. It helps that there's a you're on the second story and I'm on the first story right. kind of thing. We're and, separated and I'm used to it. I always do. Yeah. So yeah. this is new for you. It's yeah. Kind I, of a, I think he's getting a little more stir crazy than he likes to admit. Well, I actually went out and drove today for the, seemed like the first time forever. And I'm like, how do I do this again? <laughs> I mean, it hasn't been that long. I need Come a refresher. On. I mean, it just, <laughs> Oh, this is this is the right lane. Though anyway, it was just you know I think I was used to driving. I, I average 500 miles a week or more with between my my day job and my piano tuning job, and it's gone from 500 to you know zero. zero. The only traveling I do is down the stairs, <laughs> turn on the computer. Welcome to my world. I know, I know. I don't know how long it will last, but um, it's been nice having you here. Um, all joking aside, I think it's been nice having you here, even though I know you're going stir crazy, but um, I think it's important. I'm glad that you did it. Well, and with, with work, with unemployment, I, I also wanted to say I had an opportunity to do a, um, a Zoom interview with mm -hmm. Career Connectors um, in Phoenix. You can find that on Facebook if you want to hear a 20-minute interview about unemployment, but... <laughs> But the, the DES cleared me to do a, a live interview to try to help some people understand what's going on with unemployment because everybody is, that's what's on everybody's mind right now. Money and, and health. Right, right. Right. And so, you know, there's the economic battle and then there's the health battle. And like we talked about last week, we won't get into, there's the battle of or not letting it get to you. Mental, right? emotional. Right, right. So... Here we are, another week. Um, we're all on Easter. So, um, what are so, we going to do? So, um, as far as, thank you for all the Facebook posts um, and activity on our Facebook, as well as on the um, YouTube channel. Uh, we are looking for, quote, for, Feedback? feedback thank you we're looking for feedback so please uh, feel free to post statements on there questions we will try to answer one or two each week uh, depending on how much time we have but um, 
we're looking forward to it, so please keep them coming. Yeah, we want to make this interactive, so as you continue to follow us, <clears throat> um, you know, if you have questions for us, I don't know if we'll get very personal. I guess this is pretty personal. It's pretty personal. Um, but, you know, we certainly can um, address those um, and make it part of our weekly, kind of our weekly routine. So that, that, you know, we're, we look for that. You can email us, you can respond to the YouTube, or you can even post something on our Facebook page. Right, so. right. I think you'll probably get a quicker response if you put it on our YouTube page right now. Um, but we'll keep you posted as things change there, too. Okay. It's an ever-changing process with us right now. Yeah, we're, so. still, we're still learning. And... Um, want to thank our friend Andy for some suggestions that, that really definitely hopefully he's this, been very invaluable to us. He's a sound engineer yes. and he's all about the sound so hopefully the echo is less and and, uh, and hopefully you can hear me. <laughs> the microphone is, is this better? <laughs> a little closer to, to Miss Sandy because Next thing you know I'm gonna be holding it in my lap but yeah I hope you can hear me okay. I, I think we're good I think we're doing better so um, let's get going on what we're going to talk okay. about this week. So sweetheart. i got to put on my glasses. Uh, this week we wanted to respond to a YouTube comment that we had. And I'm going to go ahead and read it. Uh, this person said, I would like to know more about the process to get your family to accept your adult decisions. I think a lot of us go through this. You want to start? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's, and I think we could go back, those of you who've heard episode one, you know, we may refer back to our situation, as you know, was very, very unique without going into the whole thing. Um, we were brother and sister-in-law. We became really, really good friends after sort of being um, distant relatives, distant, very distant relatives for a long time. And that friendship turned into something more. Her marriage was not going well. Mine was all but over. And we realized that, you know, we wanted to be more than friends. And um, this, yes. And I, so we described that in episode one. And I think this really, this really ties into this question because we decided, I, I think the fear was there of, oh my gosh, what are the, you know, what are the kids going to think? Right. Right. The kids were the hardest for me. Well, absolutely. To me, every I, I I come from being a people pleaser, so to me it was a huge, oh my gosh, what are people going to think? Which is one of the reasons why this is a little scary too, because I'll, I'll represent the people pleasers of the world, but people pleasers of the world do not like to, you know, put themselves up for for judgment or for for you know. Uh, and yet you're a performer, an artist. Yes. Which is it is, but I think when you have a craft that you've been honing for many years as a pian as a pianist, when it is good, <laughs> <laughs> right? When it is good. No, I, I I think there's a difference between you know performing a set of music, which is personal in the way, and then simply being open and having a conversation and opening up about your personal life. I agree. So you know that fear relates to back in you know 2011. When we made the decision, okay, right now the family recognizes us as brother and sister-in-law, but we are in love. 
So the back <laughs> backlash was huge. What it do you was. What do you remember about that? I remember that we just that we talked through all this and we knew that we were going to be facing the backlash, um, but we decided it was worth the risk and we just grabbed onto each other and jumped. We just jumped into it. And the kids were the hardest part for me, like I said, because, um, you know, they're teenagers and they'd already been through a lot. Right. And so without, I'm trying to be careful because I don't want to speak for the kids and I do want to be respectful of their privacy. Um, I just, I didn't want to step on their space too hard and I knew it was going to shake them up, but we got through it. Well, it was tough. <laughs> there's, it's, there's no easy way. Well, and going back to my old uh, relationship, my first marriage, you know, I, I think when you're in a relationship that isn't working and you have younger kids, the first thought is, well, we need to stay together for the kid, right? Yeah. And the problem with that, I think, is that the kids can feel they your know. unhappiness. Absolutely. Um, and then they're miserable. Right. And so by staying together and not, if, if you will, shaking things up, the fear of what's going to do to them Everybody stays entrenched in a very negative space. Well, and what does that teach your kids? True. I mean, on one hand, you can say, yes, it teaches them longevity and to honor commitment. And on the other hand, you can say, it teaches them not to honor yourself. So right. and, it's and, twofold. And so I think when I, because I knew I would have to give up a lot. I, I knew financially I was going to take a huge hit. I knew... That, you know, there was an 11-year-old in the house and a 17-year-old as well mm -hmm. um, that had just lost their brother right. and passed away. Um, so my son had passed away, for those that didn't hear episode one, in the summer of 2010. So this is all happening less than a year afterwards. And, you know, not only our kids, but our friends are saying, you know, what are you doing? This doesn't make sense. You shouldn't make any big decisions psychologically for the footwork for two years after a big life event and... We had two. We had, you know, divorce and we had, you know, the loss of, of a young man who was big in our lives. Right. But so tell us, how did you handle it? Tell them how you handled it, say, with your children and then with our children. Well, that's a lot there. It is a lot because there's, it's twofold. It's the kids and then it's the rest of the family, the adults. Right. So two different stories. So I think... The way I, ha I handle it differently with the older teenager than the younger teenager, because the you know the older teenager was aware of her mom's shortcomings and issues, and she witnessed it firsthand. So she kind of saw the writing on the wall with dad. And what I really tried to do, because it was so easy um, um, to throw their mom under the bus, that I chose not to do that, even though I had yeah. plenty of ammunition. I, I, I chose not to do that because I didn't want to put them in a position of, you know, whose side am I going to take? Right. You know, well, so. It's a stronger lesson not to do that for your children. Right. It was really hard for me not to, but, <laughs> but, um, I, and I, and my frustrate, I, I, I didn't handle it perfectly, first of all, but so I think, you know, not drawing them into the battle. Um, the second thing is letting them understand that it's it was my intention 
to be, do this as gently as possible for everybody. I knew it was going to be huge, but I wanted to make sure that we were going to be kind all the way around. Right. Um, but that this had to happen because um, I could no longer be happy, be myself, and tolerate being in that relationship. And I think, um, so that was with the, the older one. The younger one, um, I honestly, I... I really probably didn't handle that as well. I didn't know what to say to her. I really didn't know how to express that to uh, uh, to her other than, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, things have happened with your mom, um, and um, we need to move on right now and, and try to have the family togetherness with the two daughters and myself because they had lost two, two individuals in the household within six months. Their right. brother had died, and then their mother had been you know, committed. And right. so that's, that's a lot. So I, I, I felt more like a mother hen trying to heal. And that's, I think where it gets challenging too, because everybody's story may not be the same, but there's similarities for a lot of people. Right. Right. And so how to handle those situations without over protecting or completely dismissing how the children feel. And right. I think that really, if you boil it down, is the issue. How do we get through this intact? Um, but, you know, one of the things, um, so you mentioned the kids, and then the other part of your, your two-part question was our children. So when we brought two families together, so in our unique situation, cousins became stepbrothers and sisters, right? Yeah, the family tree crosses branches. <laughs> yes. And so it was really unique. So cousins became, you know, sisters, brothers. Yeah. Um, I think it was important that we, um, I think we needed to put our foot down in terms of this is the way it is without saying, I think we needed to be very clear. Yes. And not hide behind, oh, we're not going to show any affection in front of the kids because that's too hard. In fact, you and I did the opposite with with, with Shaylin. We we tortured her in, in, yeah. at the Culvers by you know. I think we took a little too much enjoyment in yeah. torturing my daughter. Yeah, <laughs> like too much public display of affection. But that was our way of, and I think a big part of this was humor, not yeah. making light of the situation. But I think the fact that we were so happy to be together, that that outshined all the seriousness yes. and all the, the, and maybe the that's, gloominess. Sorry to interrupt you. No, okay. I think that's a great way to answer this question, is bringing humor into it wherever we could, um, trying to recognize each person's, each child's unique situation and position within the new family unit while helping them heal from the ones that we just left. And it's a tall order for anybody. Um, but, and like you said, I don't think we did it perfect, but we tried. Well, and going back to the question, how do you get your family to accept your adult decisions? You don't get anybody no. to accept anything. What you do is basically say, here we are, take it or leave us. And some of them, basically turned their back yeah very most definitely Which, as i said online ended up to be a gift 
sorry, but it's true. Um, the toxic relationships that we had, I think when things get shaken up, just like we said before, when life squeezes you, what's inside comes out. I think when things get shaken up like this, the people who are there for you will be. The ones who are waffling that, you know, kind of wishy-washy back and forth, they'll kind of fall to the side. And it's harder when they are close family members or what you consider close family members. Um, but in time, you start to realize that those relationships weren't really as good for you as you thought. And it gets easier. I, I know that may not be the answer that people want to hear, but for us, that's the way it turned out. That was our truth. Well, we stuck to our guns and, and we didn't apologize. We, no. we never apologized. Like, we're so sorry that we did this to you, right? I mean, yeah. there was never the sense of, yeah. um, oh my gosh, we're, you know, putting everybody. No, this is, this is the way it's happened. And, you know, we don't have to explain ourselves. Right. We don't need to justify to the children or to, you know, the right. relatives that didn't accept. We were simply going to uh, move forward, and and there was no need to battle either. That's the other thing. There was no need to debate or battle. No, and we were just united. Um, we were a united front, not only for the children, but for the family. Um, it was, we, we come as a pair now. Sure, and pair. Oh! What do you know? <laughs> We just fist by those, by the, we just fist bumped. Um, yes. You can't see that on the podcast. But. There's something silly we did. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we were a united front um, on all fronts. And I think that really not only made us stronger, but because it's something we still continue to do, but it also helped everyone around us to kind of learn their new normal. Right, and I think our solidarity, if you will, or um, and you know, going back to parenting, um, and I think all parents go through this. Um, a child will come to mom and say one thing, and go to dad and say another, and you know, try to get one to say yes, the other says no. So I, you know, inevitably with 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 my daughter, it'd be like, um, I, before I answer, go check with Sandy, or I'll talk to Sandy first. Instead of making her be the go-between, I'll talk to Sandy and we'll get back to you. Yeah. yeah. Um, or vice versa. Um, and if they tried to force us into uh, an answer right now, as teenagers will do, then the answer was normally no. Um, just no. And, and I, th I think also, not only with the kids, but going back to the extended family, um, it brought out, like you said, being squeezed, it really brought to light some of the codependency things that were going on with our other family. Oh, completely. And I, I have to own that one myself. <laughs> well, both of us do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, speaking for myself, yes, I definitely agree with you. Um, it brought to light my own codependency tendencies on certain people. And I want to use that phrase, codependency tendencies. I like that. You like that? I think we're all codependent tendent at times. <laughs> we are. That's a good one. That's true. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt no, your flow. No, it's true. But... It, it's very true. I, 
taught me a lot about myself and some of it was pretty ugly. Some of it I didn't want to see, but um, I'm still learning from it and I think it was good stuff. It's made me stronger. And I think we, we talked about last week how everyone's going through the coronavirus and, and their own version, their own challenges with it, whether it's work or no work or being trapped at your home or or what have you. And I think whenever, you know, for us nine years ago, this was a huge challenge. It was, it, we knew it was going to be, you know, when we took the plunge, mm -hmm. you know, in the summer of 2011, we knew it was going to be a bumpy ride. We weren't sure how, you know, oh, yeah. we were going to land in a bloody yeah. <laughs> pile. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. We knew full well what we were getting into for sure. And I, and I think a bigger risk of, you know, instead of staying comfortably numb, to take it from a song, I know, um, to, to stay in a routine of, of not being happy because of fear of what it's going to do to either your friends around you or family is, is more damaging, I think, to yourself than taking that risk and going, hey, you know what? one step in front of the other. I don't have to, you know, think of how it's going to work out in a year, but what am I going to do today? How am I going to, and, and that is what squeezes you to the point where you realize, wow, I was really, I was really out of balance with many, many things, you know? And um, I think the key in our relationship was, is that, and it was tough. I mean, there was some, I think when you first get together with somebody, there's, there's that feeling of, you know, well, they've had a whole life before you. And, mm -hmm. you know, in your case, a lot of that life was just wiped out. Wiped out. Most of it. And the majority of it was my, my normal was gone. Yeah. Right. And I was trying to respect that, but also give you the space. So I think it was really important how we communicated through that. So it wasn't just you stewing over there in your your pot of challenges and me stewing over here, we were really able to share when we needed to. Mm -hmm. The frustrations with, well, teenage girls, come on. I mean, even in the best of circumstances, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> need we say more? Love you guys, but you know. Yeah. Um, but I think in adapting, and so when you're going through a big life change, I, I feel like, um, especially when you're, whether you are in a, a marriage or back then we weren't married, we were, we were just living together, not just, but we were living together. And so to adapt, I really were each other's lifeline. Oh, completely. Weren't we? Completely. Yes. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think right now we're holding each other up so we don't drown in the waters of YouTube and YouTube. podcast land. <laughs> but I mean, us trying this adventure, wouldn't you say nine years later, you know, a new decade has happened? Yep. We're we're taking a risk again. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Ooh, why not? Why do we come? Why do we come up with that? <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I think it's good. And you know, back to the question. Um, good luck. <laughs> Thank you for the question. I hope we kind of touched on what you're looking for. Um, let us know. It's, you know, from our point of view, this is how we handled it. Doesn't make it right or wrong. 
it's just how we got through. Right. I mean, we're no, how do you want to say this? We're just a couple of regular people right. who keep stumbling together and separately. Yeah. And it's not a matter of we need to get through this perfect. And, and I think a lot of times people, no. but I, I mean, we look at people out there, if you will, and, you know, you look at TV or movies or even individuals that do this and they have this air of, I never make a mistake or, you know, I, I'm, right. you know, I'm infallible. Yeah. And one of the unique things we want to do with this is, you know, even if something happens Show during it all, <laughs> yes, I mean, just be ourselves and, and, and understand that, you know, we don't think of ourselves better than anybody else or worse than anybody else. Everybody is the same. Everybody goes through this. And there's a beautiful quote I like that I think relates to this. It comes from a Greek philosopher. I don't remember the the name of it, but I really think it, it relates to when, you know, the family isn't agreeing with the decision you're making. And um, it's hard because it's family. But this quote, I think, is really, really good because right now the world needs a little more kindness. And it goes like this. It's really short. It says, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. And the hard battle right now, right, is the virus, but it's also the battle inside the mind. It's the battle of health. It's the battle of aging. It's the battle of relationships. It's the battle of loneliness. People are very isolated right now. Right. And that's a big problem for people. It is. And wouldn't you say in our relationship that as much as we love each other, we need our alone time? Oh, yes. Wait a second. <laughs> I love you. That, re I that reaction. Was that a little too fast? It, <laughs> It, it kind of brings up a little concern that I've been hovering too much. <laughs> no. I, I value my sleep. <laughs> it's just like going to sleep at night. I like to cuddle for a little bit, and then I need my sleep. Same kind of thing. It's a great example, right? Yeah. Um, if I need space, I just tell you. Right. Right? And I think, um, I think that helps. <laughs> well, I... Uh, you know, so I, I, I think my point is, um, what is my point? My point is that we all need to give each other the kindness of the battle that we're all going through because, you know, one day your battle may be just feeling sick like, like you were. One day my battle may be just the pressure at work with all the unemployment um, tasks and high-level projects that I'm doing. The next day, it may be. I'm having a moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another Sandyism. We'll get to that in a minute. She has a moment. <laughs> we said, we covered that last week, but yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that in a minute. But yes, um, and and I think again, being kind, so that when you're out there in public and somebody is grabbing toilet paper that you need, again, I think that level of kindness, understanding that their fear is driving their behavior, instead of going, oh, that person is so. Aren't people just horrible? And it's easy to sit here and go, how horrible are people? You know, it's always they and them. They, right. And, and I think... Who are they? <laughs> I think the world needs more and more people that understand we are all going through this together. It's not just the, the COVID. We're all going through, you know, trying to find happiness within ourselves, trying to find happiness in a relationship. 
trying to make a living, enjoy what we're doing, make a difference in the community, in your church, in life. We're all, we all have the same desires. And I, in my younger days, did a lot of traveling around the world. Everywhere you go, people, whether whatever culture or language, they pretty much want the same thing. I remember somebody telling a story of the um, Vietnamese boat people that were coming over, um, you know, hor horrible stories of desolation and death and everything else. And they got on these boats to go thousands of miles and don't know if they're going to make it. And do you know what the conversation was on these boats where these people were facing life and death? What? Well, I really like this guy, but this other person really likes him more. And I'm really jealous of, you know what this friend over supposed friend over here did to this person it was the same stuff like at a high school or here in america it, so to me my point is people are people you know? <laughs> kind of a strange story but it really is but but it, it makes Where are my, you going <laughs> you're looking at me like come on jim let me reel you back here but i i you see my point I that, do. That it makes sense Please save me. <laughs> save me, Sandy. Um, so I, I think no matter what we're going through, people want the same thing. My, my point is that there's more. We all may be unique on the outside and different, we, you know, but we are all the same on the inside. Trying to find the, the kind word instead of the judgment word. You know, instead of bitching and griping about so-and-so or whoever, Instead, trying to find the kind word or the kind deed is really the challenge, I think, for people sometimes. But it's a good reminder to all of us to try to be a little more kind to each other right now. Well, yeah. It's and those, a tough time. It is a tough time. And, you know, the Dalai Lama talks about kindness, but I love those commercials. Hello, Human Kindness, or um, what is that? I can't think of that organization, the... Feel good or they have wonderful commercials, and I think when anybody watches somebody do something kind for somebody else, just something simple, you know, just like the whole Starbucks pay it forward, the whole yeah. pay it forward thing, and and I really feel that does apply to family. So that if your family has turned their back on you, still in your mind you can send them something kind. You can you can realize that they're finding their point. own hard battle. And that's a good point. The forgiveness. One thing I've been working on, this may be a little off context, but um, one thing I've been working on with regard to my family is um, I send forgiveness and that's for me. It's not for what they've done or haven't done or who, who said what or did what, who cares anymore? Really, who cares, <laughs> right? For me, it's because it's toxic to me. I don't want to carry that crap anymore. No more than two carry-ons allowed, no matter where you go. It's too much to carry. So, you know, the forgiveness that I'm practicing is more for me, and I just send love. That's beautiful. Uh, one of my favorite lighter. motivational speakers, Wen Dyer, says, you know, when you're bit by a snake, you know, when somebody hurts you, you can't undo the bite, but it's the venom that's running through your body that'll kill you. And the venom is holding on to the grudges, holding on to the upset. Right. You, you know, when people say, you know, you're killing me, you're, yeah. you know, hurting me literally. And so I think that's really, that's, that's a great step in the right direction. It's not easy. 
Um, but again, you keep doing it. yes, but being kind and understanding that even if they, you know, back to this person, even if they don't ever understand, that's okay. Because I think your happiness, your adult decision, it's whatever that is. It's not about them anymore. Right. It's really, you know, you finally, I think, get to a point that it's no longer about them. And it's about yourself, not to be selfish about it, but to be aware of the self-love about it. Right. And that includes and really, children. And that absolutely includes the children. Right. That, it's not about them anymore. What? Yeah. Oh, still love you. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So um, let's um, let's talk a little bit about. <laughs> let's lighten the mood here for a minute. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm afraid. <laughs> you've heard me say in the first three episodes, Sandyisms, and let me sort of explain. So a Sandyism is a phrase that may not be a unique phrase that Sandy has taken, and kind of puts her own spin on, usually a very visual spin on it, very good. and. Um, it's just hilarious because it just comes out, you know, usually when she's talking or, you know, and so I want to move. Yes. <laughs> and so um, I thought I could share a Sandyism of the week just as a fun little, you know, so instead of giving them all away, mm. and there's so many to choose from. You know, we already in episode one talked about cha, which, yes. means, which means, yeah, so of course, cha. So um, I think the one I will choose today is crap on a cracker <laughs> when she says i feel like crap on a cracker <laughs> that's very visual you can tell <laughs> yeah my question is who would eat crap on a cracker <laughs> so just another you know so i'm like sandy how are you feeling i feel like crap on a cracker <laughs> that yeah so that is um there's there's many more, so I'll 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 kind of feed you not crap on a cracker, <laughs> <Feed> but <you. laughs> one candy is in a week, don't. yeah. <laughs> and, unless it just comes out in the conversation, <laughs> and that's probably gonna happen. Right, right, exactly. So well, that's true. But in our little universe, it's a sandyism to me. So okay. you know, and people that are are. are Kind of joining us in this, they'll, you know, oh, that's another Sandyism. So we may even create some Sandyisms along the way here. I'm sure that's going to happen too. Yeah. yeah. Most likely it does. And oh, yeah. It's, thing, you know, like that's going to stick. So um, <laughs> anyway, and then. Um, I think we need to start with a pun of the week. Oh, really? Jen is into puns. I'm going to regret this. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> you brought it up. I mean, today's Easter, so isn't that, I mean, there's been memes all over Facebook about some bunny loves you, you know, but I think Easter is excellent. Even, I'm sorry. <laughs> even though I'm a real crack up. Um, the yoke's on me. Okay, I'll stop. His sister, I have to say, his sister, um, when he gets going on puns, he can go fast and he just doesn't stop. And his sister, her eyes roll. It's the funniest thing to watch them together. So, yeah, yeah, she Love knows. You, Gigi. Yeah, <laughs> she knows. She's like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to before we wrap things up, we wanted to actually highlight um, somebody. Yes. Um, that we really want to point you to as far as um, in, individuals in the um, area that are really doing good for the community right now. 
And we have a friend, um, Jason Taylor, that um, as she signs into the computer, she's going to read about other site ministries. They do such an excellent program with feeding um, not only those in need, but I'm going to let Sandy kind of just take a few minutes and talk about the other side ministries and how you can donate to them. Yes. Um, like Jim said, um, I'm going to go ahead and read the talking points that, um, that Jason sent me because he put it together so eloquently. I figured it was just better that I don't mess it up or forget something. I'm just going to read it to you. Um, so they are a love-based ministry providing hope for our community through meals, resources, connections, and education. They began serving the homeless to Phoenix from January of 2016 through Jan July of 2018. In that time, they served over 10,000 meals and well over two tons of clothing, hats, coats, socks, underwear, blankets, and pet supplies. And they were down there in downtown Phoenix, the, yeah. the very tough place. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. amazing work. Yes. Um, in September of 2018, we became community partners with Local First Arizona and secured a professional kitchen space. We began to create our job training program, A New Beginning, working with local churches and city organizations such as Arizona Works and La Mesa Ministries. They started their first class in April of 2019, and they have just completed their fourth class and have had 13 graduates with eight moving on to obtaining work within the culinary industry. Wow. In October of 2019, they began phase two of job training program and opened HOPE, it's H-O-P-E capitalized, cafe and catering. This is our for-profit company and it is student run. Our graduates have had a chance to learn as they gain valuable real-world experience. With the recent pandemic, they're suspending all classes and had all catering events rescheduled or postponed. This created an opportunity to change the way they serve until their kitchen reopens. They are providing food boxes to those in need in the community. They bring food supplies to the homes of the elderly or persons who are high risk or just cannot afford to purchase food on their own. To date, they have provided food to 150 people and they hope to do more. Isn't that amazing? So other side ministries, where can they find them to donate? They're in the East Valley, but they serve all of Maricopa County. Yes, it is. Um, there's different platforms. There's ways for people to partner with them you can donate financially through any of their platforms, which is uh, www.arizonagives, <clears throat> excuse me, arizonagives.org uh, slash other side ministries at paypal.me slash other side ministries or other side ministries.org or facebook.com other side ministries. Yes, I will put all of these on our Facebook page. Facebook page. Um, but um, you can donate with goods if you can't donate financially and you'd like to do something for people in the community. Um, all non-perishable items such as canned goods, box meals, bulk flour, sugar, rice, cereal, pet supplies, anything. Um, contact OSM. Other side ministries 
through Facebook email, which is othersideministries at gmail.com. And they will, they will call you to set up a time for pickup. There you go, Jason. Love you guys. Do great work. And seriously, we wanted to take a little time to highlight them um, and what they and the good work that they do. Yes. Um, at this time, and I think giving is such a, a beautiful thing to do if you can. Yes, and, and, and I would like to continue to uh, support them every week, at least through this COVID crisis, as things continue. So we'll be um, mentioning him each week, Jason, and other side ministries and the work that they're doing. And so we'll keep you guys up to date with how they're doing and any changes along the way. So I think we're wrapping up our episode four already my goodness the time just flies so next week we we already have a topic we don't want to talk about it's an interesting one it's how we grew up our separate religions uh, just a little teaser sandy was catholic i was mormon lds yeah. so we'll talk a little bit about that and it won't be as controversial as you think but could right? be well i don't think so because um we're just nice people. <laughs> We're just such great people. <laughs> We're just people. But anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Oh, and I almost forgot. What? My concert in the neighborhood. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I'm sitting here just Glad zooming along. So um, on our Facebook page, I decided to do a free piano concert in the neighborhood up here in North Phoenix. Um, but we're going to live stream it Facebook on the Soren Pair page as well as my Jim Sorensen Facebook page. I've never done a, a live concert. It'll be a piano concert of classical music as well as original piano music on my grand piano in our home next Saturday, April 18th, is it? 18th at 6 yeah. o'clock Pacific Standard Time. So if you're somewhere else in the country, um, Sandy will be recording it live and my fingers will be flying. It'll be an hour long. So. Um, it's one of those concerts that we're doing. We're still practicing the social distancing, but it's more of physical distancing, not social. So that yeah. we can get together with people, but still practicing so safely. We'll open up the front door and the front window, and neighbors can sit apart on the street or what have you. And, and so we're excited about that, and I almost forgot to mention it. So just wanted to put a plug in. So now we can say goodbye. Thank you so much. And have a great week, you guys. We'll see you next week. Take care. Take care.